When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Latest episode of the Steve Peichel podcast, and we are sitting in the coach's office with Coach Steve. How are you? You know, you get a quick Sunday off, and our guys needed one. They hadn't had a day off in a while, so we got to give them two days off this week. But uh, I thought we played real well. We were really connected. Um, short prep time for Illinois, who's very good, as you know, ranked team, and uh, very talented, especially uh, – Coburn in the middle is a problem. So uh, I thought we did a really good job on the backboards, keeping them out of the lane, all the things we needed to do to get a great home win. 17th in a row to start the season. Pretty damn impressive. Um, we're going to do a lot on the Illinois game, too. We have a lot to get to. We have the Ohio State game, the Illinois game. Um, first with what happened in Columbus, because there's one thing that Joe and I were talking about during that game, and it seemed like – I know the snow started, and I don't think it was expected, and it was a terrible weather day out there. There was no atmosphere in that building, uncharacteristically, I think. Could you sense that on the bench when, when a building's half full, especially with the way you're used to playing in these packed arenas? Yeah, I mean, you can. Certainly, uh, I think it's an advantage, you know, too, especially for us. Uh, it's a real hard place to play, and it got harder as the game went on. More people came into the gym, but more difficult the opponent you're playing. And I think Ohio State's – you know, been playing great basketball and uh, especially at home too. And I think what you find is, you know, desperate teams like they, they needed a win. We needed a win and got to play really good, especially on the road and, and no matter what the environment is. It's funny because, you you know, after the game that night, you talked about the, the way the team 
you know, had the no-quit mentality, played a really good second half, couldn't get all the way back, and I think your quote was something like, you can't get down 20 to a team like this on the road and expect to win. You might have been able to do it at home against Northwestern, but that was a little bit much. Did you sense after the game and then into practice going into the Illinois game that the kids had a little pep in their step with the way that game finished? Well, I mean, I think, you know, as uh, the season, you know, the journey that we're on with this, you know, I look at a lot of different factors and, um, you know, when you go on the road, you got to be on top of everything, your, you know, body language, your uh, scouting reports, the referees and the whistle blowing. And there's a lot of things that go into it and travel time and prep time. We had more prep time for the Illinois game, which I love, uh, and more prep time here, not traveling. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times people mistake, you know, prep time travel. You get on a plane, it's a, you know, that, that, that's the grind of it. Uh, but I liked our focus for this game, and sometimes that comes when you don't play as well as you need to, you know, in the game before, and I think we made up for some of the mistakes we made in that game. We kept guys out of the lane. Illinois has some attack guards. You know, Felice was playing at a high level, and and Frazier, these guys go downhill and they attack, and I think we didn't do a great job against Ohio State. We did a really good job against Illinois, and I think some of our prep time prepared us to do a better job on the mistakes we made at Ohio State to not make them against Illinois. Explain to people what that means from from this standpoint. I think people think, at least from my standpoint, you get towards the latter stages of a season. You've played these teams already. Like, you know, What extra prep time do you need? When you've got that extra day, what does it allow you and your coaching staff to do? Well, it just allows you to, you know, A, implement some new things. We put in some new things the other day that helped us, helped us score points and helped us take away points from them. Um, it gives you more time to devour film with guys because uh, you got to give them in small segments. You can't go an hour and a half of film, um, you know, during the, this time of the year. So it gives you 10 minutes here, then 10 minutes after practice, then 10 minutes at home, you know, with some clips that they need to see. Mm-hmm. It gives you more time to get your guys in the office to watch film with you. Like, this is how we have to, you know, win this basketball game. This is how we have to guard Kofi. Uh, Coburn Mm -hmm. this is how we have to guard Frazier on these down screens so it just gives you more time to soak in um, the keys to the basketball game that you you know that you're about ready to play and over the course of those two days and two and a half days you really have a good feel once you once you get the team if we do a and b and c we'll win this basketball game this is what we didn't do last time this is what we need to do this time and I think you kind of saw the results of that and, and we're a young team so the more days we have the better I don't remember exactly what the play was, but to that point, I remember at shoot-around in Maryland, there was one specific thing you guys were going over defensively, and I remember you saying, guys, if we do this consistently, we're going to be in this game, we're going to win this game. And just watching it then that night, doing what you were supposed to be doing, and you're watching the game play out, it's like, geez, I mean, they're in this game, and they've got a chance to win this game, and yeah. that's what practice is for. And You know, it really is what practice is for, and it's what, you know, film sessions, and, you know, uh, and you're also factoring in, too, now. I think people always forget the obstacle that our guys have. During winter break, you have no school, so you really could do twice as many you know, things with guys basketball-wise. Now, you know, again, Miles, I won't see Miles today till 2 o'clock. Right. You know, and he has class tonight, so as soon as practice is over, he's heading to a lab that he has. You know, you just do more then, and, and so now when you don't have those extra days of prep time, it really is magnified because your guys are back in classes and they're they're being taken from the focus of, 
what I need them to do, you know, by all the other things that they're here to do, graduate and go to class and do those things. And that's something, too, because you get into the busiest time of the season, which is probably their busiest time in the classroom. And I, and I guess that brings me to a point, too, just how valuable someone like Randy Larson is and what she does and what she brings to this team, what she's meant to you. I mean, she's meant everything, first of all, to this program for 19, 20 years now. She's uh, been a huge part of it. And, you know, she helps navigate all those obstacles. Like, I try to navigate the obstacles of the basketball season, the Michigan obstacles they bring, the Illinois obstacles Ohio State brings. It's all the travel, you know, uh, time away from class, you know, arranging, you know, for tutors and, and staying on top of the demands that they have in a, in a highly demanding academic institution. So she's so important and she's, you know, uh, uh, she's a connection to the past here too. So I meet a lot of former players because she's still here. Sure. I mean, she's like the only thing that, you know, uh, connects 18, 19, 20 years of, of basketball here uh, at Rutgers. So it's, I'm honored to have her on the staff. She does a great job, but she's got a tough job too. And, and she always keeps me updated. This guy needs to, you know, be, as soon as practice is over, he's got to go. This mm -hmm. guy, coach film session can't be too long. This guy, you know, like, so she's always on me too about those things, which is a good thing sure. to be reminded of constantly that these guys have uh, a lot of other things that they're doing too. I always love at the end of a long day and night when you're coming back from the road, you're all, you just got off the plane, you get on the bus, you come here, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and she's the first one. All right, Montez, we've got to do this at 7 a.m. and do this at 9 a.m. I was like, oh, my God. She doesn't get a chance to, to take a break, but I guess so be it. Uh, quick break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to get into the Illinois game and one of the thoughts you had on Kofi Corb Coburn. It's the Steve Peichel podcast back in just a moment. Technology is the backbone of every business, but choosing the right technology requires time and resources most IT managers cannot spare. For 30 years, SHI International has helped businesses select, deploy, and manage IT solutions that meet their unique business goals. From end users to the cloud, SHI helps build and maintain some of the world's most complex IT environments. Find out how SHI can help your organization by visiting SHI.com. That's SHI.com. SHI, innovative solutions, world-class support. Managing your healthcare can sometimes feel overwhelming. With the new Horizon Blue app from Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey, you get the care and support you want right in your hands. Now you can have all of your health care coverage details and access to support at your fingertips. Get help scheduling appointments, find doctors and specialists, access your coverage details, get updates on your claims, see easy-to-understand cost details, and get support straight from the experts at Horizon. You can even see a doctor wherever it's most convenient for you via your smartphone or tablet. Downloading the app is easy and free. Text GETAPP to 422-271 today or find it in the App Store or Google Play. There is no charge to download the Horizon Blue app, but rates from your wireless provider may apply. The Horizon Blue app. It's not just an app. It's your direct connection to care. All right, new episode of the Pikel Podcast. Before the break, uh, we were talking about Randy Larson and the and the education. And before that, we were, we were doing a lot on Maryland and Illinois and Ohio State. The one thing you mentioned about Kofi Coburn early on was how well you, you guarded him and the way you played against him on Saturday. It's interesting. He got off to a good start. So what then changed? Because he was relatively silent the entire second half. Did they just then 
do the game plan the way you wanted, or was there an adjustment in game? Well, I will tell you, uh, first of all, Shaq Carter and, and Miles um, did a really good job. But when you play a player, his size and his talent and his ability, it's always team defense. And, and I really thought we did an unbelievable job. But when he did get the ball helping, a quasi makes a couple big plays. Ron comes down. Our activity off the ball was spectacular. And when he put the ball on the deck, we went and attacked him. Um, you know, and then you got to keep him off the backboards. He's, mm -hmm. you know, almost 300 pounds of a movable object, uh, too, on the floor. So you got to do a great job of putting bodies on him. And then we, I thought we moved him around on the offensive end, too, to keep him out of the lane. So I think we did it on a lot of levels. I think they really had the game plan for that, and, and they had it at a high level. And, and uh, they did that at a high level, which um, – you know, I thought was very, very important on both ends of the floor how we, got, you know, how we played him, um, and they really followed the game plan, and and that's the exciting part of uh, playing against a guy like that. You got to spend a couple days preparing for him. If you don't, he's going to have a huge night. With Desomo out, um, supremely talented, we know that, and that team's really good with or without him. What did it? Did that allow you to do different things that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to because of his talent level? You know what? No, it really didn't, not in a short period of time. And you don't know if he's going to play or not. And I was almost 100% sure he would yeah. play. Um, it's a little bit like when Gio didn't play at Illinois. You know, they only have so much mm -hmm. time to prepare for him not playing because they didn't know he was going to be out either. Um, so well, you, you prepare for a guy going to play, and then when they don't, you just move on. But he's a driver, and he's a driver going right. So our theme was kind of, you know, similar with with or without him. And I always say, you know, Alan Griffin, really good. So what that did was give another guy a chance, and he had a really good game. So, um, you know, to rise up and play. And he, he challenges you in different ways because he could really shoot the ball from three-point land. So you have to adjust to the uh, replacement too. Mm -hmm. So it makes it a little bit more difficult. We were talking, Joe and I were talking, Joe Boylan and I, for weeks. He, he would watch Ron just the way he shoots the ball. He's like, boy, he's struggling, but it's there. It's there. He's got to keep shooting. And, you know, obviously he hits the first couple of threes on Saturday. You think, all right, maybe this is the game. As you're watching him, are you telling yourself and telling the guys, get him the ball? Because it just seemed like there was something. It, yeah, right. I mean, right from the beginning, too, wanted to get him going early, but uh... – you know, the guys respond, too, to that. Like, they, it was Ron's night. Mm -hmm. I and mean, that's what makes us a good team is when, you know, we've had Gio have those kind of nights. You have had a quasi have those kind of – we've had Miles have those kind of nights. Caleb have the yep. – you know, and, and, and Jacob Young have those kind of nights. And, and, and they are pretty good about that. Let's get them the basketball. But, um, you know, I've really tried to s stay focused. When, when guys are in, you know, tough stretches of the year, which happens to everybody – Let's play defense and rebound. Like, the more they think about those things, the worse they get. And, um, you know, everyone else talks about it. And then the, you got the added social media stuff there. They're talking, you know, like, no, just, like, Ron, take good shots, yep. get to the rim, play great defense. And, you know, he did that. And the and, and, uh, ball went in. And, but I always say to him, too, hey, you know, when the ball doesn't go in, there's so many things you could do for us, too. You know, let's be a great teammate and those kind of things. And I think Ron's done those things at a high level, and then the ball went in that day. Would you nice. say most complete game you've played this year? One of, for one sure. Of, yeah. yeah, one of, for sure. Um, I thought we were locked in, and I thought we were had great energy. And, and I think um, Shaq gave us some tremendous energy. Um, I thought Gio got us off to a good start. We hadn't been getting off to good starts, and, and I think they did. But then I love our bench. I think those guys have come in, and Jacob Young gives us great minutes, and Caleb gives us great – Paul Mulcahy, he gives us great minutes. And then we had now Miles coming off the bench, which just gives us a new dimension sure. off the bench. So 
Uh, I'm real pleased that those guys accepted that, and they were great. You know, I met with Miles and, and Caleb, but whatever you need to do to win, like, so that's a, always a good sign uh, because starting is very important to, you know. You to know, everybody. To, you know, especially young young players. Sure. Rutgers 18-8 and eight as they get set to take on Michigan uh, Wednesday night at the rack. When did you – when do you make the decision on the lineup change? Obviously, you know, you made the change on Saturday with Shaq and Gio. Yeah, you, you know, I think sometimes you go through the course of a season, you just – you you know – and I really feel like I could start anybody. So, um, you know, uh, it was one of those decisions, like I said, okay, we haven't been going off to great starts, and let's try to do something. And, you know, I trust Caleb's come off the bench before and been very good for us. And Miles obviously, you know, came off the bench all last year. Um, you know, and everyone on our team really, you know, Quasi came off the bench. Right. And Gio Baker, one of them, you know, he's getting cl- closing in on 1,000 points, has come off the bench. So, They've all been really good with that stuff. But, you know, it's just, you know, a gut you have sometimes and, you know, you hope that they all accept it as, no, Coach Pica loves you, but we're just going to, you know, change things up. It's not permanent, but, you know, play well with the minutes you get, you know, and that that's oftentimes very important. You know, players think too much about the minutes that they don't play. Mm-hmm. I always say take care of the minutes that you do play, you know, and you got your mindset's got to be different. Everyone else will talk about the 13 you didn't play. How about the – you know, do a great job in the 25 you have, you know, and that's usually a, a better philosophy to look at than worried about the 15th, 15 that you didn't you yeah. know, play. And and so I always want guys to worry about that. They all play the same amount of minutes at the end of the day. Anyway, starting coming off the bench, you know, that's what makes us good, our depth. I think we got as good a depth as anybody in the league, and that's helped us win games. And that's something we've talked about as you're getting latter stages of the season. That seems like the team's fresh, and it's because of the minutes and the rotations. No Take you back – probably a year, year and a couple of months when you guys locked up Paul Mulcahy. And I remember asking you in one of the pregame interviews, just, you know, give me a 60-second scout on Mulcahy. And I, I remember very clearly, elite passer. And so I'm watching the Big Ten Network yesterday morning, and you know, you watch the recaps of all the games, and I think it was Mike DeCourcy, I think, uh, that said one guy that we're going to talk about now, That's you're not going to look at the box score. We didn't show you any highlights of him, maybe one is Paul Mulcahy. Boy, Rutgers really hit it with this kid because he's got great, great vision. When you see him making the passes he's making already, and now you see the offense start to come around, what do you think? You know what? Just uh, his growth. like, and It's a process. You're playing in the best league in the country. You're the one freshman. Um, I just see it every day in practice, how he devours film. He just wants to get better. And he's the one guy, you know, if he plays 15 minutes, if he plays 20 minutes, he always, I could have played better. I mm-hmm. could have. And and, and uh, his approach, you know, his approach. But um, he's really feeling more and more comfortable, especially on the defensive end too, and what we're trying to do. And um, now you see, you know, some of his um, talents, you know, in other areas. And he makes, you know, makes winning plays, you know. And so real proud of his development and growth. And it's hard. You come into a place and, you know, a lot. Yeah, obviously, have a lot of expectations, and um, you know, you're coming from high school where you played every minute of every game, and and now you're playing in the best league in the country, and so it's a process. And I, I love the way he's attacked the process, and he just keeps getting better and better, and that's an exciting, exciting thing for his future. Speaking of getting better and better, and you mentioned I mentioned offense. Miles had such an outstanding start to the season, and then the last several games whether it was a dunk, a tip, a tap, it was it was almost like there was a lid on the hoop. The two moves he made Saturday, he had the jump hook over Coburn, 
And then he had the spin move holding the pivot foot getting up and under. What does that show you about where he is offensively? Yeah, I mean, when, when Miles, too, gets great real estate, which he did on those two possessions, and when he's focused on, you know, scoring, he's a really good, you know, scorer. And, again, you know, you go through a year like this and – you know, you have your ups and your downs as a player, but what is your anchor? Your anchor is to defend and rebound. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think he did at an elite level yesterday. And with that comes getting some more touches and getting some more minutes, and we got to get him the ball and staying out of foul trouble and all those kind of things that you have to do to play, play on the floor. But his growth since freshman year, since he arrived, has been, you know, tremendous. Yeah. And uh, can't tell you the amount of times that, you know, uh, people are amazed that have seen that saw him when he was a freshman, when we redshirted him to now, and they just can't believe he's the same the same person. But we really need him to play at those elite levels, and he could do that. And he yeah. did that against as big and uh, you know big a player as there is in, in the country DNA wise, um, and strong a player as there is in the country. So see him doing it against those guys, and you really get excited. When you you mentioned keep him on the floor with the foul trouble, starting Shaq kind of gives you a little. Head start in that, doesn't it? Because by the time he well, gets in, you're kind of into the game already. I mean, Shaq gave us, like, tremendous energy. He's been practicing really well. And and I like the fact in this game, you know, three seniors, yeah. you know, or my three oldest guys, I consider Gio one of those three captains and three of my oldest guys on the floor. Just, you know, I think at this time of the year, sometimes those guys have just a little more urgency. You know, they kind of realize that, you know, there's only so many left. Sure. And, um I think Shaq has been playing like that. So uh, put him in the lineup for that reason, and he played like that. The other night really helped us. And his, his uh, uh, mobility and his ability to move his feet, which I really, you know, I knew they were going to go into Coburn early in the game. Um, you know, it's hard to throw the basketball into a guy um, if his feet are moving, the defender's moving, and not giving him the same look. Sometimes Miles tends to play right behind a guy. It's easy to throw the ball to a guy when – the defense is standing behind him. So Shaq gave us those great minutes, and, and he gave it to us early too and late. They also, uh, in that game, you mentioned Shaq and the minutes he gave you, They, uh, at least in my opinion from where we sit, it seemed like they really let the kids play in that first half. There was a lot of physicality. Do you prefer that, or do you prefer the quicker whistle to kind of set the ground rules early in a game? Yeah, the only thing I, I don't like about any of that is do it on both ends. If right. you're going to let them play, let them play. If you're going to blow every whistle, you got to blow every whistle. Right. You know, like I, I don't like the inconsistency of that, and I don't like it going from first half to second half. Right. All of a sudden they don't call anything in the first half, then they call everything in the second half or vice versa. So consistency throughout the game. So I can tell my team in the, in the huddle, hey, they're letting you play. Right. You know, or, hey, they're calling everything. So you better be perfect on your defense and where your stance and right. all those kind of things. So that's the, the, the part that I know. I can't make those adjustments in the middle of the game. Okay, now you're calling it, and you didn't call it the whole – you know, that's a hard thing to tell your team. So. It's, like, it's like the major league umpire. They have different strike zones, but as long as you stay consistent, we know what you're going to do. Yeah, yeah, they're not calling inside pitches. Right. So, like, don't – you know, or, or, or it's the same thing in basketball. I, I want to just the consistency yeah. of how it's going to be so I can tell my team – how to how to defend quick break when we come back michigan they get another crack at them next it's the pikel podcast cold cough flu symptoms sounds like you should see a doctor so where do you go you go to the rwj barnabas health telemed app and you get to see the doctor right away whenever you want on whatever device you choose it's that simple and that convenient no appointment necessary Download Telemed from RWJ Barnabas Health at the App Store or visit rwjbh.org slash telemed. RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together.
Did you know that it takes an average of five seconds to send a text message? At 55 miles per hour, that's like driving the entire length of a football field while blindfolded. The New Jersey Motor Vehicle Commission would like to remind you that if you're behind the wheel, put down the phone and just drive. No text message is worth costing you money, your license, or even someone else's life. Get the facts and share your thoughts at justdrive.com. This message is brought to you by the New Jersey Motor Vehicle Commission. All right, another episode of the Steve Peichel podcast. Uh, Michigan comes into the rack um, Wednesday night. Had them at the Garden a few weeks ago. Great atmosphere. You've gone back and you've watched that film. That was a winnable game, but they had two runs in that game. Otherwise, you're right there with them, and you're right there with them at the end. What did you take away from the first game? What has to be better now in this one? Yeah, I mean, a lot of things have to be better. First of all, my, my respect for Michigan is is, is really high, and uh, they're well coached. I, I love their talent. I think they got as talented a team as there is in the league. They got great length. They have guys who can really shoot the ball, and they have the leading assist guy in the country. So, mm-hmm. And a seven foot two center that could step out and make threes and cause havoc around the basket. So um, you have a lot of tools, and, and uh, they certainly played really um, good basketball against us. Uh, defensively, I didn't love our effort in that game, and offensively, I didn't like a lot of things in that game. Uh, took way too many threes, didn't get to the foul line enough. I think you put your offense in a real tough spot when you when you don't do those you know things, get to the rim, get second shot attempts. Um, um, so we have to play much better. I think it's the first time for a young team to play in that environment. I thought we kind of got caught up in that a little bit, um, trying to hit home runs when we just hit singles. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we need to do, move the ball around, drive it, take good shots for who we are. Um, and we're going to start, you know, today with our practice talking about, you know, great shot selection and being Rutgers, you know, gritty defensive team that keeps the ball in front of us. Um, doesn't allow easy baskets, and then makes them work for every scoring opportunity that they have. And, um, you know, we're going to see our maturity, how much we've grown for a young team, and hopefully you'll see it. I think we saw it against Illinois. Hopefully we need to make sure we see that against Michigan. They had – I remember that first game. That pick and roll got you guys several times. And you could see the frustration from you, you know, on the sideline when they were were executing it. You know, as if to say, guys, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, got to give them a lot of credit. When you have a, a point guard who leads the nation in assist, when you have a seven-foot-two role guy, and when the guy popping out, in, uh, you know, is, is Wagner, who's one of the elite mm-hmm. three-point shooters, and now Livers is going to play, like, you know, it makes your pick-and-roll offense look a lot sure. better. Seven-two NBA draft pick, point guard, elite passer in the country, and then you have guys that are popping out that are elite three-point shooters. Um you know, so I got to give them credit for having that. So that means you got to be elite. Like you can't be a second late on your bumps. You can't be a second late on. And if you do, those kind of teams make you pay. And uh, there's a reason they were number three in the country at one point in time. Number four in the country. Um, they have that kind of talent. So we got to do a great job and be elite in our in our rotations. Yeah, something you just said kind of jarred a thought because I was watching the highlights of the Michigan State Maryland game from I guess it was Sunday. Sunday, Saturday, whatever it was. And they were showing how Izzo had his guys defending Cowan beautifully for 35 of the 40 minutes. <laughs> and then all of a sudden there were these these small little movements where the guy was coming off the ball or going to the ball, literally a jab step here, a jab step there, and it would just give him the slightest little freedom and margin to shoot. And he went on a tear. 
are most of these games is the margin of error that small when you're defending i mean it really is and you know you watch the end of that game and obviously michigan state at home is unbelievable maryland's number one uh in our league and i don't know if they're number seven now in the country or whatever but um cowan is that good Mm -hmm. so for 35 minutes it's not good enough you know and he makes three threes at the end nine points and the game's over basically but it's it's an inch here it's a foot here it's a bump higher i mean that's how good those and he's been a Mm four-year monster in the league and then when you put a lottery pick and sticks in the pick and roll you know, I say to people like these, you know, you can't be an inch late. You know, right. you can't be a second too slow. Like you have to guard these guys at an elite level for 40 minutes, not 35. It's not good enough, um, you know, when you're playing these kind of teams. But that's the margin of winning and losing and, and uh, you know, doing the things um, that you have to do to win that game. And sometimes it's defending pick and roll. Sometimes it's being on the hip of an elite shooter, and when he catches it, having that hand up immediately. When he catches sometimes it's the great ball pressure on the passer to not allow him to throw the strike to the shooter. Right. You know, the great pass where he has to catch it out of range, out of rhythm. So there's a lot of things that go into it. That's why it's so important team team and being connected. It's it's You know, I said this in my media thing the other day, and a guy asked me about it. It's team. You win as a team. Basketball is a team sport. In, in what we're now in a selfie world like so it's not it's about everyone being connected it's the guy guarding the passer being connected it's the guy fighting through the screener being connected it's the big guy on the last screener hedging just for a split second and putting his hand out that takes away the thing so it's everybody you know doing their job and that's why it's a team sport like everyone's got to do a job it's not just one guy and so many people just say oh this guy didn't shoot well that day that's why you lost no could be how you guarded pick and rolls it could be how you guarded you know double screen aways and your big guy didn't hedge with his hand out mm-hmm. you know so there's so much that goes into it that you know at this level and these coaches are so good and these teams are so good and the venues are so hard to play at you know those things all factor into that's why and don't answer this i don't want to get anybody in trouble but that's why it's comical when the so-called experts on the radio or social media why didn't they do this why didn't they do that? <laughs> Just shut up. Don't don't say anything. <laughs> anyway, Coach, I appreciate it as always. Go get them. Go beat Michigan. And I will do this again in a week or two. I appreciate you. Thank you. Head Coach Steve Peichel.